Hi, podcast. Aryan here. I'm sorry, I'm just trying to sound cool like we saw an intro, but uh, definitely I'm not able to, you know, even come close to the level. Anyway, I really don't know what to address y'all as because it's like, um, what what is this community? A podcast community? I'm completely new to this, um, so pardon my amateurishness. Again, pardon my um, vocabulary. <laughs> so, two podcasts in two nights in a row. Uh, yes, it's it is a shock for me as well. Like, wow. Okay, where did I get these sudden ideas from now? Um, so basically what happened is that right now I am actually working on a maths project uh, which is on mathematical reasoning and logic. And so I thought, why don't I create a podcast on this right away while the topic is still fresh? on logic and reasoning i mean come on if you think about it i did do a full-fledged episode on communication and speaking um which has gotten nine plays so far and that's good that's good but how about we actually talk about what's exactly going inside your mind yes that's right. What exactly are you thinking of? No, no, no. That's not the question. The question is, how exactly are you thinking? So, what is this reasoning? Well, that what is this basic understanding that you have? You know, this the very the basic simplest understanding of what's right, what's wrong, what's good, what's bad. I mean. The concept of what's good and what's not has been taught to us, you know, as children, as babies, you know, the very concept of this is right and this is wrong. Our parents taught us this. But um, what about the children who haven't been taught anything? What exactly do they pick up? Okay, so for children to grow... Like to be born in such an environment where there's nobody to set an example so as to what exactly is the right path and for them to just pick a path that kind of situation practically wouldn't exist in this world at least for humans I mean even if you imagine if if you try to imagine a baby being born in the jungle, alright, you know what, let's get some fancy imagination. Um, let's draw some imagination from Jungle Book. What if there was actually a boy uh, raised in the jungle? Like, how how exactly would he be raised in the jungle? Well, if he can use our fancy imagination to cancel out all possible events where the baby falls prey to literally every predatory animal that is out there. (laughs) 
Well, this this is a big. The this possibility of a baby not being eaten by any animal it's big, it's a big step. Even so, if we do. The the baby will grow up to be a sensible person, with sheer animal instinct, and will somewhat have an understanding of what's good and what's wrong. Obviously, uh, living in a jungle, his survival skills will be far more greater than an average human being, and his logical reasoning uh, will actually be quite. heightened because living in that environment where mostly uh well let's say mostly almost all decisions are do or die and uh, so he has to make quick decisions and really fast and he has to make real tough choices like what shall i eat tonight like how do i survive where should i rest where should i uh you know find a place to settle or if i'm settling or how should i keep moving and obviously you can't survive alone so you're basically the thing is the concept of goodness is very evidently seen even in animals um animals excluding humans not sure so as to how to describe the goodness in wild animals because having their predatory instinct they won't actually show mercy on anyone who is not from their own species and plus there are some species who aren't even friendly with each other with you know the fellow members of their own species i mean obviously there are always going to be fights you know huge fights in every species be it ants oh my god the entire history of you know the entire okay the several ant empires that exist in this world you know i really suggest at this point of watching the three part kuzgesat that that's a youtube channel kuzgesat uh the three part video on ants on ant colonies and it's really amazing and to think that such small creatures have this much intelligence to actually be able to build an an actual empire and have these wars and so on and oh well man ants are really smart and uh, if we were to compare uh, the average smartness of an ant with a human it could okay now this this again i'll just say it's my opinion because it's not verified it's not stati- statistically proven by any study whatsoever but an average ant could basically be as smart as an average human again the basic uh, concept apply uh, an ant on its own practically can't do anything and the strength is in numbers always huge numbers together living in colonies working together that's exactly how ants are so strong and that's really similar to as what humans are i mean if you look at the history of human civilization it's only together that we have been able to achieve practically anything and i think it's only in the past few 
okay let's say let's say from the last century that we have actually been able to provide opportunities for single for individuals to rise and have that kind of power um otherwise i mean humans could practically achieve nothing on their own uh there are very few things in which a human can achieve on its own apart from that humans are practically really social animals you know like by default human beings would prefer to be surrounded by people we aren't exactly loners or lone wolves we really need social contact it's it's, it's literally like it's like it's in our dna it's in our dna it's in our genes to be around other people to socialize and so on same goes for ants they do the same thing um there is actually a division of labor and the tasks and various kind of things that they are responsible for and what they do and so the same kind of logic will apply for many other different kinds of species well let's just talk about a species where i mean an animal is not social um from the top of my head let's talk about panthera tigris or to put it simply the tiger well we all may have learned as children that a tiger is actually a loner a tiger doesn't roam around in packs like wolves and pride like lions doesn't have that kind of family when actually is really like you know strict about his markings and his territories so like tigers mark their territories with the urine to you know fend off other tigers and the only time tigers actually go around and meet other tigers other fellow members of the species is during mating and well that's a really fascinating concept so as to how exactly did this kind of behavior develop now i think this this talk is been going this conversation has been going a little more towards understanding animal behavior than logic and reasoning behind the animal behavior but um i don't know it's just this really bad habit of mine to develop like this huge context in every conversation like the case is that me i'll talk more about the context than actually the main point so well let me just straight away jump into logic and reasoning so what exactly is logic now primary calcitrons thank you shashi tharur for giving me that dialogue but really pardon my recalcitrants while i open my mathematics textbook and read out what exactly is logic uh according to the textbook all right so the word logic is derived from the greek word logos which means reason or discourse and the ancient greeks are usually credited with initiating the study of man's reasoning processes the principles discovered by the greeks were first systematized by aristotle and aristotle's type of reasoning constitutes the traditional logic that has been studied and taught from his time to the present day now there is a simple illustration of aristotle's logic uh, by a few 
propositions or statements or well-formed formulae. Uh, here these, all men are mortal, Socrates was a man, therefore Socrates was immortal. Splendid example of um, logic involved here. So an animal needs to have this basic level of intelligence to be able to remember uh, and actually connect the thoughts. Alright, so any animal to understand what exactly happened in these three sentences needs to have memory so as to remember what the first two memory uh, sentences were and have to have intelligence to be actually able to draw from that memory and connect it together so as to understand the third sentence. So the first sentence says all men are mortal and the second sentence says Socrates was a man. So if all men are mortal and Socrates is a man, so Socrates is mortal. That's how they develop that logic. There is one flaw, however, uh, which uh, I don't know, it, it's just unnecessary information, but all men aren't mortal, as uh, well, especially in Greek mythology, when there are demigods, I don't know if you can consider them as men, but yeah, all men aren't mortal, but moving on, although the modern study of symbolic logic finds its roots in the work of such men as the German mathematician Leibniz. Modern symbolism and algebraic type operations were first systematically applied to logic in the works of the English mathematician George Boole. Now, since this guy, this guy George Boole, this English guy, is analysis of logic, the study of logic has actually, you know, developed at an accelerated pace and a considerable progress towards an understanding of logical truth has been made. So, alright, I'm not going to read the rest of the part. Uh, it's, uh, uh, I'm just actually, I should actually talk about my own thoughts regarding this matter. So, why exactly was there a sudden surge to understand logic and reasoning? Like, after, like, thousands of years of human evolution and development and progress of human civilization, we actually never bothered to think about logic and you know, to understand the very basic things, like, how we think. So, why the sudden thing right now? Like, first, it was, like... The entire concept of actually, you know, thinking about these things were actually developed by the Greek philosophers to understand why, like, seriously, like, trying to understand the meaning of life and trying to develop and trying to understand logic, like this guy, Aristotle. Um, well, you could say that it was perhaps the advent of technology. Well, certainly not. Um, well... George Boole, the English mathematician, was born from 1815 to 1864. And also about symbolic logic, this German mathematician Leibniz was born in 1647 and died in 1760. Uh, and computers, you know, actually came into existence. Well, let's say the first com computer was developed by Alan Turing during the Second World War. But whatsoever... I would really like to believe that further studies 
on the system of logic were conducted so as to understand and actually be able to use the same logic system to be able to develop an artificial thinking power like you're actually creating a brain right from the start so you need to build a basis let's build a basis which is logic and that's practically how alan turing my god the well alan turing is i mean was literally one of the biggest geniuses of the 20th century it is true i mean there are several physicists who also deserve the spot but alan turing he literally set the framework for artificial intelligence and for modern computing by developing his his um uh what was it uh, the computer the, the the machine which actually broke the enigma code which the germans were using you know man oh well basically he, the thing is human minds are insolent he knew that and to be actually able to develop a system and to understand that i mean they did manage to crack the enigma code by hand by mind but the thing is it used to take them a lot of time like the enigma code used to change every day so he decides that you know what i'll make a machine you know since the industrial revolution there's this common understanding that machines uh meant to make life easier and they just do things faster and more efficient and they don't usually make mistakes like the fools of humanity so it is it's to make a machine and that just does a day's hard work in a few minutes and evola uh, britain wins the first world war what a shab anyway uh coming back to basic understandings of logic you do realize that logic is a really complex an essential concept for any living creature to have yet it is one of the simplest to develop you know it, it's there's this huge irony like it's the simplest yet the most complicated uh concept uh to develop in a living creature all of us humans have this concept of logic literally all no matter how low your iq might be okay maybe it shouldn't be in single digits but uh, yeah come on you will have the basic understanding of logic uh, as you actually learn from your environment and the more you are exposed to as a baby as an infant uh, well not exactly as an infant uh i'm not sure exactly because there were people who you who were able to speak and read since the age of 1 uh god i i hate those kind of people <laughs> anyway i was only man i only spoke the first time when i was 2 so really can't comment on that i think i was 2 i think i'm not sure but hey that see usually you can determine how smart or how strong logical reasoning 
uh, and the grasp, the grasping power of a person is going to be by observing when does he or she start to do certain things like speak for the first time. Well, I may have spoken like a year later than the other people and and so on. Some people were able to to learn mathematical tables when they were one year old. Okay, I okay that's really different. But yet, I was able to perform better than let's just say most of my other of other humans in my age group. Uh, also, well, I, I'd say the very fact that I was born later than the others, like I, I'm born in the month of December, right? So, I and, and I'm put into the same academic year as the others born, even like seven months before me. So, the thing is, I was exposed to many different things and uh, uh, basically all the kind of things which other people were exposed to like several months or even a year later. So I got this kind of exposure earlier, hence my logical reasoning part in my brain, alright, my logical understanding and, uh, and so yeah, that w- became stronger and uh, I did attend supplementary classes, uh, supplementary in the sense, well, there was just extra classes uh, for smart people to become smarter. Well, you could be not smart and yet you could become smart. Uh, So, yeah, I used to go to these classes till the end of fourth grade and I just quit in fifth grade because, I don't know, people just stopped coming. Uh, Anyway. So that really gave me a lot of boost. All these things combined made me not slightly, but like somewhat more smarter than the average child my age. And so the thing is, if you're smart, if you're even a little smarter than the others, uh, it you know it actually multiplies. Your smartness will multiply uh, because you will be able. To use, you will use your smartness to become smarter, and uh, that is something which is quite remarkable uh, for you know biologists and psychologists to understand. Uh, why biologists and psychologists? Because they both are basically studying um, logic and stuff. And uh, how exactly the brain is working and so yeah, I guess. I mean, that's also one of the main reasons why I have this sudden, this this huge interest in psychology since the past two years. But, okay, there's no but. I'm going to change the topic slightly here. As I said, biologist, right? So I'm going to talk about intelligence and basic reasoning in animals since, okay, since like the beginning of life. So earlier on, we had single-celled organisms. And I may have mentioned this in my podcast before, but uh, 
the meaning of life is basically to reproduce that's right you just uh, born to just make more copies of your species and that's it that's your role hold on now um before you get upset regarding this very obsolete and extremely outdated version of meaning of life i need you to understand that it really doesn't apply to all species of life all right so when the first single cell organisms came you know they actually didn't they weren't able to do much like they weren't able to move around much they used to use the external environment to move around uh, which was basically water because the first life the first cells you know first microorganisms were formed in the seas in the oceans and so that's how they used to move around to get the various nutrients they required and they didn't even have ribosomes ribosomes were basically some other kinds of cells which were consumed by the primary cells and they kind of formed a symbiotic relationship and uh, it's like the ribosomes used to get nutrients and the ribosomes used to produce extra energy which used to uh, which it used to which was used by the main mother cell the primary cell and hence this evolved and now every cell in like every animal has a ribosome it's a marvelous feat it's a cute story but the main the working of the story might have been different so yeah anyway so these single cells they had a nucleus yeah and they also had dna and they had dna uh, so i already said that so they had rna and dna and they basically had information on how to replicate themselves and the life span was really short so all they needed to do was wait for the water to move them around and over here and there get some nutrients get enough nutrients to be able to generate more dna to replicate uh, your different cell organelles and just split into halves or even quarters you know make as many daughter cells as you want to is go on with your cell cycle and uh, just reproduce that's it that's that's literally it that was the meaning of life and the meaning of life uh, to reproduce basically continued uh, for several well for millions of years well i'd say billion like at least for 2 billion years till really high advanced forms of life uh and by that i think practically human beings are the only species who can manage to you know that just pass the criteria of being uh, an advanced form of life a highly advanced form of life so well yeah let me continue the story so basically what we have theorized is like that that a bunch of cells decided to stick together so that you know they have lesser surface area oh wait did they do that to increase the surface area i'm not really sure but they did that so that they can work together and provide each other with energy and uh, so that was a really great plan so they decided to specialize you know since they had enough energy now 
I may have talked about this when I was talking about civilization, how human beings settle down. And basically, when you have more resources, you can you don't have to work and fight for your own food anymore. And you can specialize into other things like you can become an artisan or a craftsman and so on and whatsoever. So basically, these cells, they had an abundance of energy, they had enough energy. So didn't they, some of them didn't have to work for themselves. So they specialized into what defense and then some other systems and so on. And slowly and slowly life began to form. Obviously, they didn't have any sensory organs, uh, but slowly and slowly, life began to evolve. Uh, if you really want a visual input for this, which I'd say I'd recommend you to use it because it would be really useful for you to understand uh, what I'm saying right now. You can watch a few Kuzgisat videos again. Uh, hi, Kuzgisat. If you're l- listening to my podcast, I really don't, I wouldn't mind being official sponsor or anything like that. Uh, really, I can be your ambassador. I'm literally, I literally advertise you for the second time in a single episode. Uh, but their videos, I mean, this a few of their videos on basically the origin of life and intelligence are really useful um so let me just continue the story and i really want to do this fast no more long podcasts i'm trying to shorten them episode by episode life began to become more evolved and so apart from touch they developed some kind of audio output and of course then later on eyesight was much needed so some developed eyes which enabled them to see and now eyesight is like one of the most primary sense sensory uh, sense senses I, uh, sight is one of the primary senses like it is possible to survive without eyesight but it's like a huge advantage to be able to see and okay so apart from these animals developing fa- uh, like mainly the five senses and the ability to move around, they did develop something really special called memory. The ability to remember things that you've done in the past. The ability to have a three-dimensional... Uh, what? Yeah, a three-dimensional kind of system wherein you can actually store records and have the concept of time now okay there's this experiment which you can try try to explain the concept of time to your pet dog all right if you have any because uh, dogs are smart well certainly not as smart as human beings but try to teach them the concept of time try to explain to them that hey We'll not play the game of catch today, but we'll play tomorrow. Try to make them understand the concept of tomorrow. Well, in this experiment that I read, the answer was, well, obviously they won't be able to understand. But hey, I, I do believe that there are, I mean, you can make them understand the concept of time. It is evident because, hey, your dog does realize what time do you leave. Like, you do leave for office every 
day and they get sad uh, and then they do have the realization that you will come back so there is this gap of time now apart from dogs there are cats because i hear stories and i've seen videos all around that certain pet animals you know cats especially they wake up they know what time do you exactly wake up so now there's this thing there's this biological clock within us so they kind of maybe understanding the biological clock and also by sensing the surroundings around them so as to understand the concept of time all right so all you need is to perform experiments and just to understand and observe the dif- the behavior of different animals around you so as to understand what exactly is the extent to the intelligence coming back to the main story these animals uh, these very primitive animals developed memory and they were able to remember what exactly did they have what exactly is dangerous for them and uh, well wh- where exactly did they come from and how uh, which land is that in which land will they find food and prey and so it was pretty convenient for them and so from memory they actually were able to develop intelligence now before i move forward with anything else the first thing i like to do is to talk about knowledge and intelligence and draw a distinctive line between the two knowledge means what you know obviously it, it, it's in the word knowledge no basically it's your memory it's how you remember how much you what it's like basically all the stuff in your memory whatever you have read or studied that is your knowledge and it's really great to be knowledgeable you know having a good memory and being able to know everything it's a good feat but what exactly is intelligence then intelligence is the ability to reason with and to understand and to actually you know to, this is the ability of thinking now knowledge and intelligence aren't really great on their own like intelligence is best when it's paired up with memory you know because see when you're thinking and uh, you're trying to reason something out it's you know you usually recall some of your past experiences and try to compare and then you think which one is like better and so so you use that to reason them out and that's basically uh, why my friends experience is really important so yeah also knowledge won't be all that useful if you don't actually have the intelligence to you know to be able to use that knowledge of yours to put it in, in to put it to work to put it into play so knowledge and intelligence go hand in hand and uh, it's really important to have both now i'm going to uh, take a risk by saying that most of school toppers aren't intelligent but are knowledgeable they are very knowledgeable hey you are knowledgeable and you are academically smart actually this term it 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 really infuriates me there is no such thing as academically smart uh, basically you aren't smart you're just really good in being able to remember things and you have this little intelligence in which 
you know it helps you to recall stuff and to realize what is right and what is wrong and especially with this current education system in the, in these education boards the way we we being taught is we just have to remember stuff and so you aren't exactly actually smart you know they make they might call you academically smart but the word smart does not apply to you you know like donald trump famously said uh, just a few weeks back do not use the word smart with me it is now a really famous meme format as well and that's basically how i know about this dialogue but anyway so i'm 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 just saying i'm not taking a hit on anyone especially particularly not to my previous school stopper uh, hey if you're listening to this um uh, uh, mrs mk just be just know that okay you know i'm really grateful i'm not the school stopper anymore because nobody can categorize me as to be a nerd or say i'm just i just have book knowledge i was a cl- uh, the school stopper for a few months till there was some errors and correction and somebody else came above me and you know what i'm actually relieved let me not be first because this is something i'm not exactly proud of and i always predicted like hey i'm not exactly academically smart or like have that such a great memory so you know what i you know what let somebody i, I just knew that i wouldn't talk but i did but again that was a mistake so it's understandable anyway coming back to the main story so these animals develop memory they develop intelligence and were now able to you know tackle with their predators you know with stronger force you know animals which had more strength they were able to tackle them by intelligence and that's basically how my friends human beings are still alive today while we have animals like lions and tigers and we literally had uh, dinosaurs roaming around we had so many animals okay there's another reason so as to why dinosaurs and especially the underwater sea creatures you know this is sea creature which is bigger than literally every other land dinosaur so well the reason why most of them died out is uh, well also the reptiles they aren't particularly that intelligent reptiles aren't meant to be that intelligent although you do have some really sly alligators uh, especially the ones in florida but uh, reptiles in general weren't that intelligent so they weren't able to survive and secondly they were god well magnificently huge creatures that needed a lot of oxygen to survive and uh, the oxygen levels in the atmosphere dropped and so every time this used to happen there used to be like a global mass extinction and that's why after the dinosaurs after the big terrifying lizards smaller and uh, yet vicious but smaller mammals who were also like quite intelligent uh rose you know and uh, so they kind of started taking over the reins around 65 million years ago and uh, just 200,000 years ago probably the most smartest species of all homo sapiens they came into existence that is just to our knowledge till date so yeah homo sapiens here we are 
be uh, practically the most intelligent beings that's what we know uh, on this planet and we have the ability of all five senses and we have a sixth sense now what exactly is the sixth sense uh, well the sixth sense is a combination of the other five senses it basically gives you a basic understanding of what might be next to you you may feel that you can basically sense when somebody is close to you well it's actually you know just your ability to hear uh, you can hear slight movements and all and also touch touch and hearing you can actually be able to predict the slight difference in air pressure around you and also sight some small variations and small shadows and coming from the movements and so on it's actually you know it's kind of scary when i talk about it because it's past 4 o'clock at night and i'm sitting all alone in my room with just a small light in the corner and i do have my laptop open on which i haven't typed anything since what an hour uh when i'm talking about how there's a sixth sense which can actually sense any being and any movement so um anyway i'm not afraid of ghosts ghosts are just fourth dimensional beings as i said um before who well probably have a higher understanding of of this universe than us okay i'm going to take a huge leap here i mentioned ghosts particularly to talk about fourth dimensional beings and basically try to understand is there a difference in logical reasoning between different uh multidimensional beings well the answer is yes uh multidimensional okay high dimensional beings like the fourth dimensional beings just let's play it low let's just talk about fourth dimension for now fourth dimensional beings will be able to think in a whole new different way than us i mean they do have a, a whole new dimension and the concept of time won't exactly be that much hindering to them as it is to us although it is i don't i don't know why but i kind of feel it's lucky to have a three dimensional memory wherein you can actually store events chronologically so as to understand uh well the truth is i don't exactly know how fourth dimensional beings would really be thinking because uh the thing is i won't be able to exactly even see the fourth dimensional beings uh but well they are uh, you know they have this much higher level of understanding of logic and reasoning than uh, us three dimensional beings and uh, that's practically why we basically used to call four dimensional beings gods when they did come to our world remember jesus well son of god well sure you can say that um not exactly uh, it's a fourth dimension being um so yeah i'll talk about fourth dimension beings later on but i just wanted to talk about them because logic and reasoning as i said logic and reasoning memory and intelligence i think i've practically covered all topics um 
what I am studying right now in mathematical reasoning is kind of different. I mean, yes, it does talk about logic. Uh, it talks about the truth and falsity of statements. But it's it it is different. There are quantifiers, there are operators, and then in my computer, in computer science, we learn about um, Boolean algebra, which is just annoying. But at the same time, it's it's just living proof that human beings are so smart. You know, we have reached that level of intelligence where we are actually able to develop intelligence for. Uh, and completely artificial being that we just magically created. And artificial intelligence is like, basically modern artificial intelligence works on the memory-based system. All these AIs around you, they have no intelligence at all. In this artificial intelligence, there is no intelligence factor involved. You could say they're just highly knowledgeable, because everything that you hear them speak are just pre-recorded audios, audio clips from an actual living human being, alright? And so, over the years, they've just added more functions. So, that's why you know why Siri was so redundant earlier on. But yeah, um, well now, some of the artificial intelligence can tell you a joke however how pathetic those jokes might be at times because after all these were written by um, programmers well no hits on programmers programmers have an excellent sense of humor because I'm a programmer and I have an excellent sense of humor so well I can vouch for that but yes artificial intelligence aren't intelligent and they don't use any logical reasoning system it's just basically the logical reasoning which we have written in them and it's okay let me just say this it's my personal opinion uh, just FYI but with the present computing system that we are using you know which is binary and the way we program it will be impossible to actually develop artificial intelligence because that's not how it works and this realization will you know i don't know i think humanity will come by this realization as they further progress into quantum computing i'm not exactly sure how they're going to do it but i mean how we are going to do it i'm also human but yeah let's see how the world progresses does it actually become more intelligent because intelligence and uh, development and the growth of a society has actually been dramatically, drastically, not dramatically, but drastically increasing since the past 200 years. It's a geometric progression, just like human population. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's a huge feat to have achieved so many things in the past few hundred years. So yeah, let's just see. More to come again, I will have a follow-up episode a few months down the lane on logic and reasoning, speech and communication, and I will have an episode on civilization, hopefully, luckily, fingers crossed. And I'm sorry that this is 47 minutes long, but, well, yeah, anyway, sorry, not sorry, but this was something which I really needed to talk about. 
and I need somebody else to be a scriptwriter for me so that you know I can actually get these forty-seven minutes episodes down to twenty-five minutes. So yeah, anyway, thank you for listening. If you have listened so far, yeah, all right. Thank you. Bye and good night.